0: Hello, great thinkers, and welcome back to another absolutely exciting edition of the Think Great Experience. I'm Eric Thurwanger. So glad you're joining us today because we have not only a great friend, but a true leader. And we have Dr. Amy Rudzer, who is the owner of Advanced Eye Care Professionals, an optometrist, and just an amazing person who I love to listen to because in all the sessions that I've done that Amy's been in. I can always tell when these moments of greatness are going to come out because there's this buildup and I can see our wheels turning. I can hear those gears moving and then boom, we have some greatness.
1: Oh, so my so,
0: so <laughs> I'm very excited to welcome my good friend, Dr. Amy Rudzer to the show. Welcome Amy.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. That's quite the introduction. Happy to be here.
0: Well, we are excited to have you here. And I knew as soon as we relaunched our podcast, I told my team, I said, we got to get Amy on the show because she's going to have some great insights to share. Um, I know that being in the medical field during the pandemic must have been um, quite the challenge. And and so can you kind of give us a little bit of what's a day in the life of Dr. Amy Rudzer like in the pandemic, as we're coming out of the pandemic, in the medical field? What, What is that like right now?
1: Well, it's uh, challenging, uh, like it is for a lot of people, no matter what industry you're in. I mean, it's it's provided curveballs, uh, no shortage of them, uh, for all of us in in different aspects. So, yeah, in the medical field, it's um it's it's a it's a exhausting to be honest. Um, uh, it's but I'm happy to see patients again. Um, There was a section of time, in fact, uh, yesterday, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but um, we uh, were, you know, totally booked out, ready to go. And then March 18th was the last day I saw primary eye care um, stuff. So regular exams, um, nothing that wasn't an emergency or post-op visits or things like that. Um, And then that was the end of that. And then that was nothing really until um, May 11th. So so that was last year in 2020. Um, and so, um, so- over a month? Oh yeah, almost eight weeks. Wow. Yeah, so everything was upside down. I mean, nobody knew You know what was going on. There was an incredible amount of uncertainty. I'm getting like 50 emails a day, at least just related to COVID. Um, so it's it was crazy for a while, um, you know? So now things have kind of sorted out a little bit more. So we're back to seeing patients um, we started that on May 12th, but it was a very, you know, restricted schedule. So we left plenty of extra time for all the extra cleaning and, and all of the extra protocols that we had to do. And we've evolved over time, like everybody else has, um, through the rest of 2020 and now into 2021. And um, it's about as tight as the schedule can be to still allow for all the extra protocols. So we'll see where 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 that goes for the rest of 21. You know, for the this year and. Um, you know, I, everybody's ready for it to be done. I, doctors have COVID fatigue just like every other normal human being and everybody else on the planet. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to this being a little more. Yeah. Chill out soon.
0: I think everybody's finished for that flattening of the curve to happen and going yeah. back to, uh, you know, I, I don't think anything will ever be normal the way it used to be. It, it'll be greater. And, and I talk about that a lot that we're in a transition phase right now, transitioning out of. COVID. So we still got one foot in the pandemic, one foot in the transition phase. And we're all looking forward to, you know, better times doing things like we used to. But yeah, there'll be some uh, adaptions that have to happen.
1: You know. Oh, for sure. Um, And, you know, I mean, it was it was a pretty dense fog in the middle of everything there. It was it everything was upside down. It was not fun. That's for sure. Um, And I think one Mm. of the things that really helped me through that because everything was upside down I have I have two girls and you know so then it was okay instant you know hard gear shift into distance learning full-on nobody knew what was going on there that was awful and then I'm trying to run a business with no cash flow that was horrible I was that I mean there's no other word for it it was horrible and there was a couple of days where I was a little bit more panicky, which is usually not in my nature, but it was hard with the, the insane well, yeah. amount of uncertainty, and um, it, it was not fun to go through that, and one of the things that really helped me, there was, um, I'm not exactly sure where I heard this. I wish I remembered, because I'd love to give that person credit, but um, there was a quote that I heard, because I love quotes and inspirational stuff. Um, it was, what do I want the end of this? to be the beginning of for me. And so it got you out of this thick, dense fog that nobody knew where things were. I could tell we were gonna you know, make it through it, but there was no yeah. clear path. And it just helped to just not try to worry about how, just start projecting as to, okay, everything's gonna get sorted out eventually. So then how do I pick up from there? And that was really helpful.
0: I'm gonna guess that mindset was huge during this time period for you.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a human being too, so it was not stellar always, um, but I have learned how to snap out of that pretty quickly um, mm-hmm. and not stay stuck there because that's not helpful either at all. Well,
0: um, you have, and you, you have know when patients.
1: you're a parent, you're right. Oh yeah, and when you're a parent, and and yeah, I'm a doctor, so you know I've got patients that are worried about okay. stuff, and so you know then then you need to lead, and they're following your example, and so There's you need to be an to example depth. to follow.
0: There's so much to balance. I mean, here you have your own clinic. So you have patients that are probably wondering, what do we do in the fog? You have a team member there helping you out that's wondering, what do I do during the fog? You have two little girls that are wondering, what is this fog? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. you know, you're a leader in so many different capacities. And I can only imagine that staying in control of that six inches between the ears is so critical. But, but like you, as a leader, there were so many unknowns. And, and I think that was the hardest right. part of all. It's, it's being the leader when the fog is, to, is at the thickest. And this was a thick fog and it lasted a long time. It wasn't gone overnight, yeah. you know? And so the stress that comes with that right. is, is amazing. You know, when you're trying to find direction and, and your business gets put on hold or, you know, in, in our world, all the events that were booked for a year and a half out were postponed. That was the right. term. And you just can't postpone life. You know? No. It keeps going, even though I'm not going to that session, things keep happening. And, right. and I know that, you know, I know how strong your mindset is. In fact, I think we probably just had a little edit a while ago because we lost sound. And I said earlier that when Dr. Amy Rudzer gets going, um, there's a lot of passion that comes out, a lot of greatness. And I think you shut the internet down. So we had to reboot and, uh, <laughs> and pick up the show. But but I could, it was great. Just like in the leadership link, I could see the um, I could see the passion coming. I'm like, all right, we're getting some greatness right now. These (laughs) these have been uh, challenging times. I'm I'm guessing when you went to school uh, to get your degree, uh, they didn't talk about how to run a clinic through a worldwide pandemic.
1: Um, No, that was never discussed.
0: (laughs) You know what's interesting? I wonder, I wonder how many college courses for any career in that in that Manner, um, we'll start to discuss that. You know that you may encounter something like this.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how that maybe expands a little bit in the curriculum. I don't know that it's going to be like a whole course, but there's certainly it. I'm sure it'll get touched down on with, um, you know, when you talk about the different code levels uh, for yeah. different emergency stuff. Um, you know, it's, that's more like acutely, um, whereas the pandemic's a little bit, uh, more long haul, but there's definitely going to be, um, some adjustments made. And, you know, I think it's, it's, a lot of people end up trying to look back and they're like, I just want to go back. I just want to go back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there's things that you might miss and there's, you know, but, um, out of every single tricky situation, no matter how awful it seems, Mm. um, you can either succumb to the circumstances or you can embrace the opportunity that's there. And there is always one there. It's not always obvious though. So it's hard because it's counterintuitive. But if you look for it, I promise you it's there. I promise. I love that
0: quote. I've heard it a few times before. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think that is uh, belonging to you, Mr. Eric. I I, I know,
0: I know. Yeah, that that may have come out of uh, a couple of my books.
1: Uh, yes. but, you know um, it
0: really is. I think the perception, right? The perception right now is so critical because, as you touched down on earlier, you know what's that end state? You know, so many people ask, "How do you make it through tough times?" You know, you've known Gina a long time. You know, we've had oh, yeah. health issues in the family, so it's not just COVID nineteen for us. We've had cancer, cardiac arrest, or you know, I served in the military. <clears throat> and in alignment with what you were saying, we have this philosophy: point A to point B. And, and here we are in point A, right. and we don't know what point B is. And especially during the pandemic, point B was just foggy. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was overcast and foggy for months. Mm-hmm. And, and we may not know where our point B is. We may not even know when our point B is, but we have to go there with the best attitude. And it's, it's not right. about perfection, because nope. we've all had our moments where, you know, you either have a, a meltdown or you just have the stress overload or something through all this. You have to. right. right. But you have to have point B in mind and yes. uh, and you got to keep marching forward. You can't march backward. And I, and I know right. what you're saying. So many people reach out and say, I just want things to be normal again. And while there will be some normalcy back, things will always be better or greater in the future. And I, and I love your approach on that and, and having that mindset is so critical. And I can only imagine that not only did your team need it, but but your patients right. need it, too, because who knows what they're facing, you know? We right. don't know everybody's right. personal and life going through this.
1: Well, yeah, right. Um, but I think the other thing that really also helps, um, and this, you know, again, I'll give credit to you because this is really from the leadership link. It's it's really, um, which for those who don't know, is a deep dive into uh, leadership um, from your your. Um, one of your books, you just do the leadership connection and it, it just, each chapter you break apart and there's so many things that come out of that. it's like, wow, I didn't get that when I read the book. Like I thought I understood the concept and then we do a deep dive for several hours and it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, so there's a plug for that. I've been through it I, twice. I appreciate
0: week. that. I didn't even ask for a plug, but uh, by all How means, anytime that? you just... want to plug Think Great, It's, a, it's a, <laughs> a mic is yours.
1: For leadership, um, you know, it's, you need to be able to, um, to tell them where you're going, right? Like, But we need you know, that
0: destination they, in mind, you know, point right. B. Right, and so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you you know, it's like the kids in the car on the road trip, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Where are we going? Are we there yet? Like, <laughs> I, they, they, you, if you're gonna be a leader and you want people to follow you, they need to know where you're going and like what's going on. And right. that's right. incredibly challenging when you don't know the answer and it changes. You know, there was a couple of times when it was first announced, okay, this is legit a worldwide pandemic and nobody knew up from down. And so, you know, it's changing by the hour and you just, but not saying something is worse because people will fill their mind with thoughts. And you know, when they're panicked, it's not very positive ones. So it helps a lot to keep your team informed. And it's just, it's so critical. It, It made a huge difference for my team. It made a huge difference for my elementary school age kids, because there's at least something to hang your hat on at least for now. And then you update them as it gets, you know, more updates, more changes, more information, more clarity.
0: Well, you know, you mentioned the leadership link and, and one of the topics that's come up a lot is, you know, the, the fourth Marine Corps leadership principle, keep your Marines informed, right? Yeah. And, and, or in business, keep your people informed. And that was right. tough during this time period. And, and I know communication is so critical for you in everything you do, to have great communication. And it was hard. It was hard for leaders around the world just to be able to say, I don't know what's going on right now.
1: And sometimes that's okay to say. It's You have to be okay with, you know what? Here's what I do know, and I don't have the answers right now, but I am committed to keeping you informed and I will let you know as soon as i do and you know here's the other thing you don't always have to have the answer in fact right. your team has better answers than you do most of the time so all you have to do is ask but you can't just decide to ask when you don't have a built up relationship with that if you've built up a relationship of asking for their input and then completely going yeah thanks i'll just go ahead and turn my shoulder and do this my my way that's right. You're going to have a real hard time ending up with quality input coming in. But when you take what they say and then actually implement part of what it is or bring them in and delegate stuff back to them for them to implement it, oh boy, you got a whole different ballgame now.
0: Well, you do. And, and that's why we have teams anyways, right? It's, I mean, we have teams so we can work together. And, and I feel that during the pandemic, I think a lot of people did what you advised against, which is... You know, keep your people informed. So some people, if they don't know the answer, they just don't say anything. And that's dangerous. Um, oh, yeah. you, know, you, you nailed it. They're going to fill their heads with some sort of info with a lack of info. And, right. I, and I believe I believe it's okay for leaders, uh, like you said, to say, I don't know right now, but I'll find out.
1: Right. And, you know, and, you know, and then they're like, oh, okay. And then their panic level still goes down, even though you don't know what the answer is right that second. But yeah. they know that you're going to do everything in your power to figure it out, and then let them know what's coming up when you know about it. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of direct communication. So we we just doubled down on it, quite frankly, uh, through the pandemic stuff, and that really helped.
0: Well, and I think that you know you have to you have to keep marching forward. You can't you can't stay still through all of this stuff and see what happens. You know the fog the fog lasted a lot longer than than people think, and right. the fog affects not only our ability to, uh, y- y- you know, conduct business as normal, but it affects our ability to continue to march forward because, and this is going to be a great one, you'll love this, the fog impacts our ability to see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> so, I mean,
0: really, our, it, it impacts our vision, Dr. Amy, and that's right. that's that's a horrible thing. Right. Um, you know, I have to ask, you know, like, for you as an eye doctor, even, you know, pre-pandemic or even during the pandemic, what's What's the greatest part of your role? What do you enjoy most about what you do?
1: Well, um, I'm very, very fortunate in I really don't go to work ever. Um, I I love what I do. Um, and so I, it's. Do is there a part of my job that I wish I didn't have to do? Yes, it's called fighting with insurance companies. I hate it. it a capital H, it's a very strong word. I mean, every part of it. I hate that part of my job. However... Um, The other 95% of it, I am totally in love with The patients are amazing. Um, So what I do um, mostly is primary eye care, which means, um, you know, come in for your eye exam. We look at ocular health, um, so the health of your eyes, and also figure out if there's anything I can do to make you see better. Um, Because as it turns out, there is a pretty significant percentage of your day that is visual.
0: I've heard about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it, so it's it's pretty um, impactful to be able to help people um, be able to just function better with whatever their daily activities end up being and you know it's never the same thing twice, Um, even if you compare you against you over time your visual demands may change. Um, and then especially when you get served up the pandemic, like, the, it, there's, I mean, talk about visual demand changes, holy buckets. Uh, yeah. There's people who were on on screens before, but it's a totally different deal when you go start working, you know, remote, uh, you know, full time. Um, so it's, it, it's pretty cool. Um, and then there's other stuff. That's the bulk of what I do. Um, I also fit contact lenses and glasses and that sort of stuff. But we also do medical eye care as well. So manage chronic and acute stuff. So if you get a metal chunk of something in your eye, I can take that out. Um, you can, you know, anybody who has diabetes or glaucoma or, you know, anything else, there's your eye is kind of the window into, um, the rest of your body. So it's, it's pretty impactful. Um, if I'm have seen you I'm get things sent- out
0: of people's eyes. Okay. I got, I yeah. got to jump in here. So <laughs> I did, that reminds me, you know, years ago you went through the leadership link course for the first time. Yes. Yes, and it was really when we had launched the whole program, and I'll never forget at your table. There's leaders from all different uh, industries there, right? I mean, you even had another eye doctor sitting next to you. Doctor Rob yes. Hagerman was there. Yes, and and both of you guys are just absolutely amazing. And in the class, one of your fellow peers, I don't know, something got in her eye, something happened, ah. and and both of you guys jump up like superheroes. <laughs> to, to save the day. And all of a sudden, I just remember you in there getting something out of her eye. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on here? And it was just awesome. Like you were, you could see the passion in you come out when you were on call right there. And we, you know, it's always good to have an eye doctor in, in the house when anything like oh, God, that goes on. But uh, it was great to see you just snap into it and just do it. And you, you had a little kit with you. It was like <laughs> Batman with the utility belt. <laughs> You are, yeah. You're like the bat woman of eye doctors. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That's,
1: but that was awesome to
0: see serious, though. But... And then you just went right back into the leadership discussion. Yeah. You were talking like communication or something. You're like, you know, another thing I think about communication, I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> incredible. But well, you get to do that every day. You get to be a superhero yeah. in the medical field every day for people.
1: Well, I, that's very kind and generous. Um, Yeah, no, I love what I do and it's, it's pretty impactful to be able to get people to see the best that they can see. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm very fortunate that I just get to do what I love all day, every day.
0: Well, you love it so much. You're also involved with associations within your yes. industry. Oh yeah. Um, Vision Source. Yep. And you're which also is- with, with MOA, uh, yep. the Minnesota Optometric Association, which right. you've opened up doors for me to get in there and coach and speak with their members, um, you know, which is, which is awesome, because to a certain extent, you could say some of those people would be your competition. And yet, from a leadership standpoint, or goal setting, or, or even um, strategic planning, mm-hmm. you've opened the door for them to become greater by allowing me to go in and, and, and meet these people. And, and so those open doors, I appreciate that. But it really makes me want to ask, you know, why is leadership, so important for you as an eye doctor. I mean, you've dove in on everything that we're doing. You've been through our programs, but, Mm -hmm. um, leadership is a concept I know is critical to you, but why is that such a foundational um, concept for you, for your business, for your life?
1: Yeah, well, it just, as it turns out, it impacts pretty much everything, right? And so I think, you know, one of the things that has come out of that is, um, it, you know, you really did a great job at differentiating. You can have leadership training, it, you know, sometimes, sometimes sure. you don't even get that. Um, I never got that at school, I'll tell you that. Um, that's all after I graduated with my doctorate, right? So um, so this has just been um, more of like a personal development thing and leadership is just part of it. And yeah. so, but there, the point is there's a difference between leadership training and leadership development. Absolutely. And you need them both, but they are not one and the same. There is some differentiation there. And I think, you know, one of the things that I realized um, going through some of the extra training and, and development both um, is, you know, I had always kind of thought about it like a checkbox, to be honest. Um, it, yeah. And, and that's, it's not that. Like, your level of achievement is seldom going to exceed your level of development. It it just
0: okay. We just came up with a T-shirt right there. <laughs> that was brilliant. That well, was, can you say that one again?
1: Sure. So you're and I I wish I could. I I probably heard this from somewhere else. So, sorry. Apologies in advance if I don't give the right person the right credit. But it's really stuck with me. Um. So if uh if you're working on stuff, your level of achievement and success will rarely um exceed your level of personal development.
0: There you go. And or because,
1: leadership you know, development because that's just part of it. So.
0: Well, it's interesting because we're all in the people business as leaders. Right. You know, we work with people. So it makes sense to train me at my job, but develop me as a leader. So I interact right. with people better. I mean, right. really one of the professions out there that is extremely people-based is the medical profession. You know, you, oh, yeah. you literally have, I don't, might sound weird. You have your, well, you have your vision. Yeah, their vision in your hands. I mean, that's right. not a that's not a small um, task to take on. No. You know, they're they're trusting you with so much,
1: right? Because well, so, there's a lot of things that could not be so stellar about that. So
0: yeah, so yeah, we got to well, cross
1: those off the list. So,
0: but you're also leading your patients, right? You're making recommendations. Right. You're saying, all right, let's let's assess your vision, and then you're making recommendations, and they're they're following you. They're trusting right. you, right? I mean, Absolutely. Right. That trust factor is huge.
1: Well, I mean, I give them a compelling reason to do that. I, you know, yeah. I'm I'm definitely, like you said, you know, I'm big on communication. So a lot of my patients will tell me, oh, my gosh, nobody's ever explained that before. Or nobody's ever said it the way you did. Or like, I've never understood it this well. Or I just, I never, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's just how I roll. So
0: well,
1: <laughs> that's how I practice at my office. Um, I think you should know anything that's going in your chart, whether we're going to do something immediately about it or not. Because so you're, it's just better you're not only an care.
0: optometrist, you are a teacher. That's how I look right. at it. Right. I, I always, anytime I come in there, I feel like I'm getting educated. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that though, you know, and it doesn't matter what medical professional you go to see, you don't want to feel as a patient that you're a checkbox.
1: no. No. So, you know, we're just trying to come up with solutions that don't fight with your schedule. You know, we're trying to get stuff that's more in sync or, okay, you kind of went off the path this way. Let's get you back over here. Um, So it's just more smooth sailing. That that just helps everybody. Right.
0: You know, one of the things that I, I don't know, maybe a lot of people listening right now know it, maybe they don't know it, but one thing that fascinated me so much that you mentioned in one of our leadership link classes, wasn't about leadership, but as you were talking about what you do, Mm -hmm. when you conduct eye exams. Some of the yes. results may allow you to realize other health conditions they have. Right. Can, can you explain a little bit about that? Because I was fascinated. Nobody's saying to go to the eye doctor to test if you have this, but there's things that you can actually discover during an eye exam. So we may have people listening right now that are like, oh, I don't need an eye exam right now. And I'm telling you, you need an eye exam, but I'm going to let Dr. Amy tell you the more professional medical reasons for this, but, but it is fascinating.
1: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we take a lot of our body parts for, uh, you know, granted because when they're working really well, they don't hurt, I can do everything I want or need to. Yeah, why would I go see the doctor? Well, that's one philosophy or, you know, you could get on the preventative healthcare train ride which would be, okay, well, let's just make sure that this is going as well as we think it is and if there is something that's not super stellar, well, dang, that's a lot easier to treat and figure out early on than waiting for that to, you know, go down the train track a ways. and now we're derailing. I mean, that's yeah. that just requires a lot more significant and major stuff down the road. So Um, so your eyeballs are connected to the rest of you as it turns out. Um, and so there's, which is a good thing I'm guessing. Yeah, right. So there's, but when you put it that way, then patients start to think about it differently. They go, oh, I, yeah, I guess I never realized that you could have some of these things show up in your, in your eyes. And so, you know, I can't diagnose everything through your eyes. That's, that's unfair to say. That's absolutely not true. But there's a lot of stuff that does show up um, yeah. that, that can be, um, you know, I, I co-manage patients with a number of subspecialties. And, you know, it can be pretty serious stuff that we find sometimes. So, you know, if I'm lucky, I send one person a year, you know, straight to the ER, do not pass go right now um and if I'm unlucky it's more than that so there's there's always people that come in they they think they're doing great and lots of times they are but every once in a while we find something else and then of course they're you know at the time they're not so happy about the diagnosis but afterwards they you know they're very appreciative thank goodness you found that because we were able to catch it and we did this and now I'm much better and now I'm managing this other thing and uh, you know I mean you can so they go in to have their eyes
0: checked yeah, they went in for an eye exam and you found something else. Can, what, what are some examples of things that could be found that we might not associate um, with our eyeballs?
1: Well, there's there's a number of different things with thyroid stuff that can show up. There's diabetic stuff that can show up. Um, there's stuff your brain is really your eye is kind of an extension of that. So there's, there's things, you know, your optic nerve plugs into the back of your eyeball, and then it goes kind of on this loopy loop course to the back of your head. um, And anywhere along that pathway of something is not going the way it should, um, that will show up on one of the tests on a, you know, preventative eye care exam. And so if that's the case, then sometimes I send people for MRIs. Um, And, you know, it's, But we can catch stuff and then, you know, they're, they're incredibly grateful. So that's not every day. I'm not saying that to scare people, but the more to be, yeah, um, just reassuring. Look, there's a lot of stuff that we can figure out before you have symptoms of it. So it's, um, there's a number of different systems that can kind of, you know, there's cholesterol stuff that shows up there. There's heart stuff. There's, you know, it's not, I can't diagnose any of that, but I can certainly refer you to another subspecialist to get that checked out. So,
0: so I like that you give us the terms we can understand, connected through the loop-de-loop system. <laughs> right? that, so that I get. I'm glad you didn't get too technical because, you know, I'm not going to be able to absorb all of that. But it is good to, to have that, that knowledge there. But that was something that really um, <clears throat> I never knew. So in all my yeah. years, I didn't know you could detect things outside of vision through yeah. your eyeballs. So
1: right, right. So yeah, no, it's, it's a full comprehensive eye exam that we do. So <clears throat>
0: excuse me. Well, I know I, I've been through one. And it's awesome. (laughs) And you get the education too. And if I happen to have had something stuck in my eye, you have your your Batwoman utility belt ready to go, (laughs) which is always good to know. Um, So you got to tell me a little bit about, you know, when you started your private practice, Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the greatest things, you know, you've done. You've done many great things in your life, but that's up there as a a level of greatness you uh, achieved. And And the reason I'm asking this is you started, as you said, cold. You just, you started your practice, just went for it. Not a surprise. If you know Dr. Amy Rudzer, not a surprise. She just went for it. But um, I know a lot of people right now coming out of the pandemic, maybe they were furloughed, laid off. They've experienced Mm -hmm. challenges. Some people are looking to start their own business at some point. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about when you started your practice cold and and what that Uh was like for you?
1: Well, so I... Um, graduated from Indiana University School of Optometry and I'm from Minnesota originally so um, uh, initially there wasn't a lot of opportunities at the time um, where I wanted to be in Minnesota and um, so I ended up moving to the Seattle area for almost a year not quite um, and pursued some other opportunities out there um, before I ultimately ended up moving back to start my own practice cold and that would have been the fall of 2006, so right before the first crash happened. <laughs> Great So timing. That's been an interesting, <laughs> been
0: through, yeah,
1: yeah. The economy's been had some interesting curveballs in there a couple of times. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that. Um, you have to love what you do, and you have to want it bad. Um, just like if you're going to go through a doctorate program, it's not meant to be easy. So you you got to want it um, to get through that. But um, one of the the people that I met along the way, um, who unfortunately now is deceased, but he was a, a absolute just giant in the contact lens uh, uh, world for optometry stuff. He practiced in St. Louis and um, Missouri. And he said, uh, when I was a fourth year, um, he said, well, so where are you gonna go? What do you wanna do? And I said, well, I'm not sure yet. I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that out. And he said, well, I have some advice if you want some. And I said, for sure I want some. <laughs> sure, why and not? Yeah, right. And so one of the things that he said was, well, why don't you pick where you want to be? Where do you want to live? What, where do you want to be in the country? And decide that first. And then go find an opportunity. Or if there's not one there, then you just make your own, right? If you do it the other way around, if you find an opportunity... And it's awesome. It's, you know, for me, it would have been a practice. Oh, it's, this practice is amazing. There's like so many things that are just, it's all wrapped up into that. But it's maybe not where you want to live, or maybe it's for sure not where you want to live. And you're like, whatever, I'll just move later. It's really a lot more challenging, yeah. and, you know, for a lot of reasons. And so he's like, you can really feel stuck. And you'll actually get to a point where you just resent not only your job, but like your whole profession. I mean, you just, you burn out. You just, it's not good. But
0: it goes back to so, that destination, right? Know where you right. want to go, you know, right. know your end state, your outcome or your point B.
1: Right. Right. And not to say that you still can't do it the other way and still come out just fine. I'm not suggesting that that's right. impossible to get through, but you're just setting yourself up for a lot of, bumpier road, that's all. Um, and so if you have the choice, if you're, if you're about to branch out, start a you know, be an entrepreneur or, um, you know, do something else, make sure it's something that you really, really love. Cause there's going to be days that are not easy and, um, you pick a spot that you want to be. Um, and, and it's just so much better to do it that way.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe somebody wants to start their business in Hawaii. Right? <laughs> I mean, well, if you're going to be, you know, you never know, you There's never know.
1: There's
0: people that live there too that need to was that. I think that was just phenomenal advice because we often talk about what we're going to be doing. We don't often talk about where we're going to be doing it. And that's huge. Right. You know, I know right. when I was in the Marine Corps, I was stationed in Yuma, Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, after the first day, couldn't wait to leave, but I was there two yeah. and a half years. <laughs> you know? right. So destination is incredibly important. I think we need to share right. that. And think about this. Here we are struggling with a foggy environment. And granted, the fog is starting to lift, although right. we're going into a transition phase, which can be tougher for some people. Right. But I love the idea of seeing your destination. I think I just came up with the title for our show today. <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing your destination. But it is so important. It, it's frustrating right. when you just keep feeling like you're spinning in circles.
1: Right. Right. Oh, yeah, we will get burned out doing that. That's awful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I just think that's phenomenal advice. And I think for anybody listening right now, you know, probably now more than ever to have an end state in mind uh, is going to be huge. And and this whole concept of the fog and seeing through it, it's very tough to see through it. What I love that you're saying is if you have that destination, and I just had this visual, so I know you'll love it because you love everything visual. If you're listening right now and you have an end state in mind, I think that actually lifts you up over the fog, where it gives you clarity of where you're going. Right. And and I spoke to so many. And I've spoke to so many business leaders since the pandemic broke out, and a lot of business leaders have great intentions and and do kind of know where they want to go. Right. Typically, mm-hmm. those owners or leaders, the C-suite, they have the vision. We're going to go there. Right. And they take this thirty thousand foot view, which puts them above the fog. right? Right. And then they can see it. And then they're disappointed because their team can't see it, but their team's still in the fog. Right. So we are having major breakthroughs right now, Dr. Amy. We are, we are sharing with people about how to look past the fog. But if you have vision on where you want to go, it really elevates where you are mentally so that you can see it. And I think that confusion, so many people have said to me, and I've said this on other podcasts, I've said this during recent trainings and development sessions people feel lost right now
1: yeah yeah
0: you know they're sad they're depressed um they're stressed out it's been a long 14 months and and it's not that it's over yet i I gotta ask you about this word because i know you're a fan of it is empathy yes not therapy
1: no (laughs) empathy empathy and as
0: leaders there's a fine line between empathy and therapy and sometimes we feel like (laughs) we're in a therapist session when we're just trying to be empathetic but how important has that word been to you right now, just being empathetic toward people?
1: Uh, it's incredibly helpful if you can tap into that. It's it's really important, you know, no matter what your role is, whether you're a parent, um, whether you're a business leader, whether you're a business owner, um, you know, whether you are just, uh, you're leading a team within a bigger organization, it's it's incredibly powerful to have that. And it's not always easy um, to, you know, I was just thinking about that word the other day. I was like, dang, I really need to work on that with my kiddos. You know, I'm, some days I'm better at it than others um, because I'm a human being too. And I'm, I'm not perfect, but that's okay. It's, you're not, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to keep, you know, moving forward and and strive for progress rather than perfection.
0: So that's it. I love that. I love that saying too. Yeah,
1: (laughs) That's a biggie, But but it really is.
0: Right. I mean, it, it is about progress, not perfection, but I think that empathy right now, I think before the pandemic, empathy was something like, almost like a checkbox item, right? We should always be empathetic. Right. Yeah, sure. Okay. Anyways, uh, here, place this order. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I feel right now it's not a checkbox item. It really never should have been. Right. But it's so imperative that we have that empathy right now because there's some things that are off balance right now in everybody's work and everybody's right. life and in, in those right. worlds, and I know I, I got to bring this up, work-life balance. You have some interesting thoughts and I, and I, I can already see the passion coming. You have some insights <laughs> on work-life balance. You may shut the internet down again right now, but um, can you tell us your unique thoughts on work-life balance? Because so many people feel they should strive for that.
1: Mm-hmm. I did too. I'll raise my hand and say, I did too. For years, I was looking for it and I was so frustrated. And, um, and I finally got to the point, I don't know, probably a year ago, at least where, um, I it's stop, stop it. It's, it does not exist. Throw it out the window. Stop seeking that because think about it for a second. Now here's, I'm gonna get a little nerdy on the podcast balance. It's equal, right? So if it's balanced, it's, there's not one side that's more or less than the other one. So Think about what that means when you say, I want work-life balance. I get where people are trying to go with it, but it's setting you up mentally to have a face plant fail every single time because your brain's not going to reconcile that. It doesn't work. If you're at work, be at work. And when you're at home, be at home, be present there. Stop being on your phone because your kids will call you out on it. And then they'll stop calling you out on it because they're like, whatever. It doesn't even matter. You don't even hear me.
0: Okay. Now your
1: relationships with them are just taking a serious nosedive. So stop trying to make it be balanced when you're at work, be all in at work. And one of the ways that helped me get out of that rut and out of that mindset um, is to actually schedule time for it. So when I'm at work, I really am at work. And when I have something that I think about, Oh shoot, I forgot this thing. Yep. I just write it down. Um, I, I just have a, like a list on my notes uh, thing on my phone. I just literally, it's like a brain dump, right? So I just put it there. And then there's a time every week, sometimes a couple times a week, but at least once a week, where I'll go back through that list and I will just schedule time for it. And then I don't have to remember it. And then I don't have to be not present with my kids when I'm at home. And I don't have to be know because lots of times you're at work and all you're thinking about is your kids and oh i wish this could be better and then you're at home and all you're thinking about is work and oh dang i gotta remember to do this stop it's hard for people
0: to shut things off
1: right so i just let that mindset finally go and oh it's so freeing once you do that so stop trying to do a work-life balance just be all in wherever you're at and it's so much better
0: there you go i mean we're getting a t-shirt made out of that one too. And it's going to say, because <laughs> Dr. Amy said so. But okay. you know what? Here's here's what is so critical about that is if we are striving for progress, not perfection, mm-hmm. then having that false sense of perfection with balance, right? Everything's going to be balanced. Um, we're striving for something we can't achieve. Right. It'll never be perfectly balanced. Right. And so as soon as we say that, We're already setting ourselves up for some sort of failure or letdown. I I agree. I think that, you know, with me, there's times where we may have a client call us late at night and they ran into an issue and I can't say, well, your session's next week. I'll talk to you then. So so I will take the call, but I've got to be in that moment at that point. But sometimes work comes home with me. Sometimes the personal side, I, when Gina had cardiac arrest and died and then came back. I had to cancel some sessions, right? I, I actually I, canceled some sessions. And one of our clients, Nancy, actually came to the hospital and said, I'll just do my session here with you. I mean, it was awesome. So wow. in the waiting room where I couldn't, I, I couldn't do anything for Jean at that point, she was in ICU. Right. I actually sat with a client. And so, right. you know, they really are intermingled. You can't, um, you can't avoid that, but you, no. can, you can learn how to balance yourself through an imbalanced world. Correct. Know, so I'm going to have to write a new book now, but well, I'm going to have you do the forward. But that's, all right, I think fair. I that's, think that's fair. fantastic advice. And COVID-19 has showed us how unbalanced things can be.
1: Great. So you just need to be strategic about it. But if you put yeah. a system in place that allows for some flexibility, I'm not saying you can't I, look, work bleeds over into my life sometimes too. Sometimes yeah. people get stuff in their eye and I gotta go get it out. Um, and so, you know, that's not going to happen at a convenient time usually. Uh, but it's, it doesn't happen as often because I've set it up so that I can accommodate that when it does come up and it's, it does, but it's not, there's, it's much easier to deal with when you have a system and you've got a spot for most of the other stuff. That's actually not the house is on fire because it's not, you
0: know, and, and while things will come up that's not always the um, the norm right so right. so I think that we have to carve out that time where when you're home be home when you're at work be at work I think there's too many people that bring work home and there's too many people that take their problems from home into work you know it's funny yes. that they don't always take the good things from home to work but they do take the bad things and, and that and then that that disrupts the balance in the workplace because everybody right. knows it right so, how important right now? I, I know you've always been big on setting goals, but how important are goals right now for you in this phase of the pandemic and transition?
1: Well, they're they're pretty critical, actually, is what I would say about that. And I don't use that word lightly. It's it's um, it's really helpful to be able to figure out where you're going next. And if you set you know bigger goals, then you don't always have to. I think people get stuck sometimes because they don't know how they're going to get there. And yeah. It, it, you don't have to worry about that. Actually the goal it's, you know, this is a overused quote all the time. So I don't always love it, but it, it drives the point home. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey that you're on to get there. And it, it really is. And one of the ways that you can really incorporate that or think about that maybe slightly differently is, okay, so think about your goal as a compass. So is it getting you where you ultimately wanna go? It's just a stepping stone to get there. and. You don't it's always powerful. have to figure out the why, um, or not the why, sorry, wrong word. You don't always have to figure out the how. The why is important so that you stay motivated along the way. That's right. So You've got long-term, short-term goals, um, and the short-term ones really should just be the stepping stones that are getting you there. That's where you kind of drill down and figure out what you're going to do to get there. But if you use your overall goal as a compass, then you're getting to your bigger picture and you know where you want to go.
0: Well, and there's that theme again, right? We have to have a destination, especially when there's fog. And those short-term goals right now, you're right. And and I talk about it all the time. Short-term goals provide us with energy, which we need right right now, provide us with action, which is the steps we can move forward. And it just provides us some reasons to celebrate accomplishments right now. Right. You know, thinking of a five-year goal during a worldwide pandemic, okay, that might be a little tough, even though some of us have some goals out there. But those 90-day goals, you know, here, the next 90 days are coming. We all know that. We just right. don't know where we'll be on day 91. But but I agree. I think, you know, somebody listening right now, I think those short-term goals help to clear the fog. They're, they're, oh, yeah, good, fog, sure. they're good fog busters.
1: Yes. Yes. And we and need it, more
0: fog busters right now.
1: It will help. Um, and one of the things that um, came out of one of the leadership link sessions that you had said was... You know, because sometimes I've, I've gotten stuck in this trap too. I usually set long-term and short-term goals at the same time, but mm-hmm. sometimes I don't and I get stuck in this. But the problem is if you don't do both at the same time,
0: yeah.
1: it's like rowing a boat, but you only got one oar. So you just first, go around in circles and then you get frustrated because yeah. it's nothing's working out. But that's because you didn't set it up to work out in the first place. That's so make right. sure when you set goals... You have big goals and you've got then, you know, long-term and short-term and don't get stuck in, well, I'm only going to do one of those. You want to set them both at the same time. It's really, really helpful. Um, And and if you don't do it that way, you can try it, but you'll get frustrated. So heads up on that.
0: (laughs) Well, and I know exactly what month that was in. That was in month three of the leadership link. We go into a deep dive into goal setting and why it's so important. Um, there's so many studies that show how goals, goals, setting goals, accomplishing them, it reduces stress. And the last 14 months have been stressful, but you said it, (laughs) yeah, just, yeah, just a tad. Um, but you said it best, you know, that you have to set both at the same time. And realistically, as you have your sights set on your destination, your short-term and long-term goals should keep you on that trajectory to get there. Right. And, and, and that's why it's important to focus on both short-term and long-term. Are they mm-hmm. working together? Because if your short-term directions are taking to East and your long-term directions are taking to North, I mean, it's going to take longer to get to your end destination.
1: Correct. And right. the other little tidbit that I'll say about that, uh, that sometimes is sort of blown off and overlooked. And again, I'll raise my hand. I've been guilty of this sometimes too. Um, so I'm not perfect either, but um, pen to paper. If yes. you really wanna type it out, that's fine. But honestly, I will tell you, there's neuroscience to back this up. If you actually have a legit pen or pencil, if you're a pencil person, sure. um, pen to paper, there it there is stuff that happens that makes it, it's just different. You just have a different experience and yeah. you're gonna have a, a straighter line trajectory to get to where you want more efficiently. Um, and, and there's other parts of the goal setting process too, but I would say that's one of the most important because if it stays up here in your brain, Um, it's basically just a dream then. I mean, you're, you're just, it's in la la land and it's okay to have dreams and and have it there to start with. But if you really want to do that or have that at some point be in your life and not look back and be like, oh, I would have, could have, should have, you know, then pen to paper, it's magic. It helps a lot.
0: And, and if they can get a date attached to it, it just increases their commitment level.
1: Indeed, so, so that that's will help based,
0: that too. What I'm hearing is Dr. Amy's prescription for goal setting is get it out of your head and get it on paper.
1: Yeah, and there's then, there's lots of studies to back that up about how much um, more successful you are with that. So you can just you don't have to read the neuroscience on it. You can just take my word for it. It's out there.
0: I take your word for it. I'll take that prescription. And and you know I'm going to add a little caveat onto the bottom of it. If they take if they write that goal down and attach a timeline to it, it becomes more real. And if they share it with people. Like when I share a goal, I've shared goals with you before. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Write this book, launch this program. And then Dr. Amy actually calls me out on it and says, how's it coming? I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to have a good answer for her. But that's what holds my feet to the fire. That actually causes me to be even more engaged. I'm like, well, if I tell Dr. Amy, I'm going to write a book, she's actually going to ask about it. So I got to do it. Right. But that's a commitment level for everybody to share those goals. And here's, here's the best part. Not only were your, will your goals help decrease your fog, when you share them with other people, it, it'll inspire them. They may set goals to decrease their amount of fog that they're working through. Right. So it really goes hand in hand. You know, I think that the pandemic has been hard on people for many, many different reasons. But when you really sum it up, it's just that, that feeling of being lost or just not in control anymore. And there's so many people who, are ready to strive for greatness right now. And and I just wanna ask if you had some key insights to share. Somebody listening right now that says, I'm loving all this. I'm loving Dr. Amy's prescriptions on success, (laughs) goal setting and going from point A to point B, all these things. Um, What would be some key points you have for anybody just wanting to take some steps right now, but maybe they feel a little bit lost?
1: Well, um, I will say this, Uh, what you don't appreciate Depreciates. Ooh. So that's a big one. Um, and that's whether you're talking about your own health, right? Like if you don't appreciate that, if you don't put fuel and nutrition in your body that's actually productive, it's not going to end up with awesome results and you will have depreciation in your health. Um, it's the same thing with business. It's the same thing with your team. It's, it, 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 it it flows over to lots of different sub areas, right? Yeah. So what you don't appreciate will depreciate. Um, the other thing is um, related to more health stuff. Um, and this is probably aptly timed for the pandemic stuff. If you don't take the time off to invest in your wellness, then you will be forced to take time off to deal with your illness.
0: Ooh.
1: Okay. so. You, you've got to figure out a way to manage whatever stress level you're at. Right. There's lots of different ways to do it. Um, yeah. One of the things that I started doing actually right before the pandemic. So it was just coincidental. Um, good timing on my part. Um, I started doing meditation and for any of you who actually know me, I'm very high energy. So meditation, I have put this <laughs> off for years because every time I asked people about it, they were like, well, yeah, you just, um, you know, sit down and you just clear your mind and you don't think about thoughts. And I'm like, uh, pff, yeah, right. Um, there's no way that's that going to happen. That seems impossible. Yeah. Um, turns out it is possible. You just have to have um, a, a different, um, you have to have a good teacher for starters and it's just, you have to have a different approach. So if you try to do the monk sort of uh, way to do that, nothing against monks, they're amazing people, but yeah. honestly, most of us are not wired to do that. So They're at a different level yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing what they do, but that's not going to work for the majority of the population. Um, uh, and so, uh, but I just, I kept hearing that over and over and over with different things that I came across that I read that I heard on different podcasts. And so I was like, all right, I've really got to figure this out. So, so I did, so I did start doing meditation and now I can't, I, there's no day that I don't do it. It's weird if I don't do it. Um, so I right. start my, my morning with that and it's, Incredibly helpful, and that can help reduce some stress level. Um, it, it just it, it's it, that's been really helpful for me. So, um, and there's lots of different ways you can start doing yeah. that.
0: So, look at all those great ways to reduce stress: meditation, goal setting, sharing your goals. You know, you've got to slow down to speed up, right? You've yeah, slow down. For sure. And I think that during this pandemic, we've all known we have to take care of ourselves a little bit too.
1: Right, and mm. and everybody just needs to give themselves a little bit more grace um yeah. with this and it's I've had to remind myself of that okay let's take a deep breath and it's you know you sort it out and then you figure out how to go through it so maybe
0: a little empathy for yourself too from time to time indeed I think those are phenomenal tips and I and I I know that you have inspired people today I mean you have for me I'm not actually going to look into some meditation which people <laughs> people know I'm kind of a spaz I'm all over the place um, so if I can do it, anybody could do it and I'm going to try it out. I'm going to actually talk to you offline a little bit about sure. what you're doing and how you really looked into that. But I think meditation is great. I think any chance we get to reflect is great and, and right. think a little bit more. And while the pandemic may have caused us to slow down for a little while, know mm-hmm. we can push the throttle forward and we can start speeding up towards greatness again, not too fast but we can take those steps. And, and I know you impacted many, many people today. So I took notes during this as <laughs> well, I, as I knew, I know I would, I had a blank piece of paper. I'm like, I know I'm going to take notes today.
1: Uh, we may <laughs> have to
0: do another session just on Dr. Amy's quotes for great. Well,
1: <laughs> uh, happy to be back if you want to invite me back, but um, yeah, hopefully it's helpful. There's some tidbits that some people can take away that are, um, you know, the inspiration you need for where you're at, wherever you're at right now in with business stuff or your family or your personal health journey or wherever that is. So all the best to everybody out there.
0: Well, thank you, Dr. Amy, for being on the show. I know that, yeah. I know you made an impact and that uh, we look forward to having you back.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Erica.